check, check. Mic check. Presented by Empire.com. Taking your calls and looking ahead to the races with your host, Steve Mattis. Welcome, everybody. Thursday, August 20th. Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Presented by Inbab. Thanks for listening. It's the last Moto 60 Show of the year. Yeah, that's right. It's the last one. Well, maybe we'll do one before the Monster Energy Cup or something. But, yeah, could be the last one of the year. Fly Racing Light Hydrogen Gear has been revolutionizing the world of lightweight racing gear. Inspired by Canard, in short, the Light Hydrogen line has been fine-tuned over the past four years to set the standard of what athletes expect out of racewear. FlyRacing.com. Follow them on social media at FlyRacingUSA. Thanks to those guys. Thanks to NFAB. Dress up your Jeep, truck, your SUV with the hottest looking, hardest working accessories. N-Fab.com. Of course, JGR team uses NFAB. Barsha, Pike, Nicoletti. Uh, Weston Pike featured in just short this week that hopefully will make the website at some point before the end of the year. We're looking forward to that. Uh, light mounting solutions, bumpers, Jeep uh, gear, truck gear, SUV gear. N-Fab.com has it. And, of course, the Fly Racing folks. Jason Thomas and Jason Wygant will join us. And whatever shall we talk about? What shall we talk about? Well, we got Indiana coming up this weekend, folks. Crawfordsville, Indiana, round 12 of the Lucas Oil AMA Pro Motocross Series. Moosecan and Jeremy Martin separated by two points. Martin's got two points on him. So whoever wins this race probably will win the title. So that's exciting, right? And uh, much more going on with that. The 450 class is uh, going to be exciting as well. Barsha and Roxon are going at it for... Um, the uh, second place position in the points. Of course, Dungey clinched it last week. 702-586-7857. Call at any time. Give us your call. Give us uh, whatever questions on your mind. Call us. Giving away a set of Fly Racing Evo 2.0 switchback or code gear on the show. Pants, jersey, gloves to uh, just a random caller. Give that a getaway courtesy of folks at Fly Racing. Oh, yeah, I'm Steve Mathis with me. With me, uh, producing the show, holding things down over there, uh, celebrating because of Ryan Dungey's title. And, Ryan, this is the last Fly Racing Moto 60 show of the year, possibly. And because I got the championship shirt. Oh, that's right. Kenny yeah. Watson coming through. Coming through. With a Fox Racing uh, Ryan Dungey championship T-shirt for you. I'm a fly guy, so I only wear that inside so people don't actually see that I'm wearing a Fox Will thing. you actually wear it or will you frame it? Um, and if it gets washed, what if it fades? Well, I'm hoping I wash it once and it will shrink because it's ginormous. Oh, okay. I'm not that big. Yeah. Um, and then if it doesn't fit, then maybe I'll uh, just leave it in just my Just leave it in there, yeah. Or... Take it out of special moments <laughs> when you and your wife are together. Um, or maybe I'll sleep in it one yeah. or two. Uh, well, no, thanks to Watson for doing it. I can't believe he actually came through for you. He it's, never it's, ceases to amaze nope. me. When you think he's coming through, he fails you. Mm-hmm. When you think there's zero chance of him doing something, he does it. 
just like that. He's a mystery wrapped in a riddle, that Kenny Watson. Uh, 702-586-757. Tits, you like this Evo style. This is uh, some of your favorite stuff. I have not seen it uh, in person because it's not available to the the common person yet, but I've done a lot of research on it. Yes, I know you have. probably not surprising. I know you have. Uh, But it has the the new BOA system as far as tightening up. I'd be curious to see how well that works in real life. Um, oh, it works in real life. Don't you worry about oh, it. Oh, I'm sure it does, but I'd like to see firsthand. 702-586-7857. Jason Thomas, welcome to the show. Appreciate it. Tits, would like, to, tits would like to see the BOA system in real life. <laughs> to see yeah, your local dealer. Yep. Uh, I saw Shorty uh, run it this weekend, and I saw him reach behind him and adjust it. At, while at the while truck. he was riding? No, 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 at the oh, truck. Oh, that would be pretty cool. At the truck, I mean, sorry. While he was yep. walking out, he just gave it like one little turn. So, Moser is so jealous. Yeah, he was because I was. That would have been meant I was looking at his rear end, right? Absolutely, so, right. So, uh, uh, welcome to the show, um, JT. How is how is the Legends and Heroes prep going? This race this weekend, uh, uh, Renard, uh, Emig, Wyndham, Ricky, uh, Timmy Ferry, Junior Jackson. Um, probably missing a few guys. How's it going? Uh, I don't think there's been much prep on my end. Uh, <laughs> just been riding a little bit. That's yeah. About it. Total times on the bike. Uh, today will be three. No, four. Today will be four. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that, you know what? That's not so bad. That's not bad. Um, that's how I could really get in. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And what are you going to do? It's five laps, right? We think it's five laps. Uh, yeah. They said four to five. <laughs> it's scheduled for 15 minutes on the schedule. Oh, it is? Okay, so however that works out. Yeah. Are you going to get to ride tomorrow? Uh, yes, 4.30. Okay. Yeah, so you'll get there in time and everything? Are you going to be there? No, no, I don't get into Indiana till whatever. Actually, no. you know what? I could make it. I get in at like 2. 2.30. Oh, you're good? So, 50 uh, miles to the track. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll scoot on over there. Um, Should be interesting to see. We get a half an hour practice. I really, I really like Renard's chances. He just entered this thing, late entry. He just came off six 20-minute motos at Loretta's, right? That's more than any of you jerkies have done. Who was that? Robbie Renard. Oh, I thought you were yeah, John Gruy also, another guy. Gruy's pretty old, though, right? Yeah, but those guys ride a lot. We, none of us ever ride. That's what I mean. That's why I like Renard. Um, yeah, I like, I like Guy Cooper, too. Yeah. I mean, Renard's obviously probably going to smoke me, but. Coop, Coop could. I'm worried about Coop taking somebody out accidentally. <laughs> um, no, it should be interesting. Great job by the MX Sports guys uh, getting the Legends and Heroes program as well, getting this thing together. It's exciting to, to see, and I think people are going to really dig it. You know, I think I, it's super cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People, I mean, whether you're racing it or not, it, you would want to watch this. So, um, I think there's honestly, you know, other than the 250 championship, there's probably more excitement about seeing Ricky and those guys ride again. You know, win them and right. all these guys uh, more than the, the real race. To be honest with yeah, you. I talked to the big one five the other day. He said yep. uh, he felt the best he's felt when he rode the other day and he and he said i don't know why i haven't done anything but you know timmy and his you know his yeah we had a little uh late night strategy session uh last night yeah or the night before maybe tuesday night yeah 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 so yeah he was trying to get some uh some format tips because you know how you know connected he is to what's going on (laughs) yeah things yeah oh right up on everything if there's there's someone that just follows this sport inside and out it's timmy ferry i'm right on the pulse uh all right let's talk a little bit of crawfordsville uh obviously too we want to talk about kenny rocks and his dad just dropped a match on a giant pile of dynamite uh and then you know We'll talk a little bit about that and the RCH team and in Roxon's interview, subsequent interview with Racer X. We'll get into that with Jason Wygant when he comes on the line. But uh, let's talk a little bit of Crawfordsville. 
Last year was the debut national for this place, and it was just ruined due to the mud and slop. Outside of that, it looks like a really good track. Yeah, I watched uh, you know press day last year, um, and I'm I'm assuming they're riding press day today. But I watched it last year, and then you know I was all excited because it just looks so awesome for a track. And uh, then I woke up Saturday morning, and and they're two hours ahead of me in in Idaho here. Uh, and I woke up in time to watch the first practice, and it was just you know completely mud bogged. Yeah, I could see yeah. the times, and then I turned on the the live stream for practice, and I was like, "Oh man, it yeah. was so bad." So. And it it was pouring during practice, like coming down like no other. So yeah, so we um, really don't know no. what to expect in the motos. I don't think, which is nope. actually a good thing. You know, a little uh, little suspense is, yeah. is good for the yeah. series at this point. I think it looks good. I think the track looks awesome. I think it's going to be epic racing up and down some hills. Good dirt, you know, um, everything that you'd want in the national, um, I think. So, uh, nice place to uh, end the series, end the uh, 12 race uh, series. Uh, let's get to some phone calls here. Uh, Raining Yellow, what's up? Hey, I, I was probably on the first Moto 60 show of this season. Okay. It's only fitting, I'm on the last. Wow, yeah, that's, uh, that's really something. You could put that on your tombstone. It's a great, great accomplishment. So, uh, absolutely. Uh, question do you remember um uh it might have been earlier in the outdoor season justin barsha had like a not justin barsha ryan dungy had a red uh oakley lens on it on his doggone there was something new oakley was working on did you know anything about that they came out with um yeah they came out with something called prism um it was um built in their sunglasses and uh, uh goggles and everything else um I don't remember Dunge wearing it, though, in a race. Uh, JT, do you? I, I don't remember seeing it, but I, I'm sure it was that Prism campaign they were coming out with. Yeah, I think he did it, uh, wore it during practice. Uh, oh, see, there we go. They said it was he, like uh, how guys in the snow wear a certain color and it helps yeah. they can see it better. Yeah, yeah golfers, it was a big deal. I got a, I got a Prism lens for my mountain bike uh, goggles, so it was just something they were working on, something. So, yeah, that sounds like they would say, hey, Ryan, we know you don't really like this color of lens, but we need you to practice in it so we can get some photos. Wasn't oh, this the same thing go. they were working then, uh, on uh, with the fog thing in Supercross? No, no, I don't think so. No, this is a different okay. deal. Do you remember yeah. them working yeah. on that? Yeah, yeah they they had, there was something going on in Supercross. Yeah, they had like a little motor or something to stop yeah, fog. Yeah, deal. Yeah. Huh. So. Okay. And then, uh, real quick, obviously, I think it's a topic too. Not, not, uh, not over uh, the Kenny situation, but uh, what's up with Justin Barsha? Uh, nothing. Why? What do you mean? Like, I mean, he's not winning, but yeah, I mean, whatever. It's, it's a long year. Yeah. Maybe it's caught up to him a little bit. You know, uh, he's still very fast. He had a nice second moto in Utah. So, yeah, so. right yeah. on. Well, this, uh, without being hung up on, this will be my first uh, in a while without getting hung up on. So uh, well, have a good show. <laughs> thanks, Randy Yellow. Appreciate it. Uh, James, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 show. Hi, I just had a question. So do you think Cooper Webb is going to be, I guess, mature and stay out of the battle between Muscan and Martin, or do you think he's going to kind of be a little instigator against uh, Muscan? I'll take the second one. What do you think, JT? Uh, I think he will be all up in the mix, wreaking havoc and playing a part. <laughs> At some way, helping J-Mart or hurting yep. Muskin, one of the Muskin, one of the two. Like he will be involved. Yeah, yes, exactly. I, I that. Whatever happens, uh, he may just be involved in a simple way that he moves over for J-Mart. That's still being involved, though. Um, yep. um, at some way, I think so. Yeah, but I do. He's, he's too good to not be in the mix for this thing. Yeah, so. and this track seems like it would suit him too. So, yeah, absolutely. 
And then I had a question. How do you win the fly gear you guys are giving out? Uh, we just give it to our random caller, James. So, um, unfortunately for you, you're not going to be the winner today. I apologize. <laughs> okay, that, that's Rob, fine. My Thank bad. you for answering the question. Yeah, thanks now. for calling, man. I appreciate it. Uh, Matt, what's going on? Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for calling the show. Uh, I was just wondering, do you think Cooper Webb will wait to get retali- like to get retaliation on Marvin? Like, second moto, if um, it comes down to that, and he has a chance? I don't know, like... He's pissed at Marvin for cross jump for what he feels is cross jumping on him. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if he's gonna. I don't think Cooper would do it just like, hey, I'm just gonna knock you down to help J Mart. He's gonna be racing with Marvin. Marvin's gonna try to get around him, and Cooper's gonna be aggressive with him. That's where I could see happening. And it won't be because he wants to help J Mart because he wants to make a statement to uh, to Marvin about that. So um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I think, like we said, JT and I are in agreement. Webb's going to be involved in some way. He's going to help Jeremy or he's going to hurt Muscan. It's just a matter of what it's going to happen, how it's going to go down. Yeah. Did you um, Did you guys hear on the podium about when uh, Webb, when Georgia asked him about when he let Marvin buy? I thought it was pretty, uh, Martin buy. I thought it was pretty funny. He did his classic Cooper Webb. Yeah. Yeah, he, like, oh, yeah, I saw it. He did, I know. I liked it. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I myself would just be like, you know, Jeremy's a good friend of mine, and uh, he rides for my team, and, uh, and yep, Georgia, you know, I just would say that. But uh, you know what? When he said stalling, he, wasn't, he was smiling a little bit, too, so whatever. Yeah. But that's Cooper Webb. Got to love him. Yeah. Thanks, man. But it would be good to see someone get cleaned out. No, I don't want – JT, no one wants to see that. Well, no, I don't. I don't want to see that. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. We'll have my eyes wide open to watch whatever goes down, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not asking for that. Or, no, or like Marvin. No, okay. that. Marvin's Marvin, a good dude. Like, if it like, it was just like all of a sudden that Cooper Webb was all up like mad, and then he was doing the stuff on the line. But yeah, that, yeah, I, he's, want to, I want to sit down and watch it. Yeah, he's, yeah, no, I agree. It should be great. Thanks, man. Thanks for the call. All right, all right. Brad. What's going on? How are you? Hey Steve, how's it going, man? Good. What's what's happening? Hey man, yeah, I'm just wondering if uh, I, I noticed uh, last Saturday I wasn't able to watch the second motos live. Um, so yeah, I'm just wondering if they're going to be able to be seen this weekend live. Um, no idea. I don't know. How does that work? I'm at the races, so I don't really know. Um, yeah, well, I'm in Canada here, so it's just a oh, okay. difficult to catch it on TV. You know, right. So. The uh, by the way, speaking of second motos, we heard from somebody that the second. The order is reversed this weekend. The race order is reversed. Two fifties are going second, second and fourth. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, hey, I, I tell you what, man. Like I've, I've heard you say before that uh, you know motocross is a funny sport. How they have the four fifty and the two fifty class, and yeah, two fifties. Uh, you know, like wh- why do we have it kind of thing? But man, yeah, where would we be without that two fifty battle this year? Eh? Well, I meant more like as far as like like introducing the riders in Supercross, and then you drop the two fifty gate. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's all. But yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. No, 250 National Series is where it's at. So. Yeah, man. No, I'm I'm super stoked to watch it this weekend. So. Yeah, cool, yeah. man. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Have a good right. one. See ya. Uh, Mark, what's going on? You're racing. You're listening to the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show presented by Infab. Well, what's going on, Steve? Uh, I have kind of two questions. Sure. Uh, first one was just uh, you blew you're blowing up somebody on Twitter the other day talking about at Utah somebody with uh, I'm assuming a ton of money with a huge big rig and stuff. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, I wasn't really, I was not really pulling out I mean, any. Yeah, I, I can think, I can just think of a bunch of people who like show up and big like. 
Yeah. Use motorhomes, no, double-decker trailers, there's, bikes, and don't make the motos. So yeah, no, there's, I'm just curious. there's a few of those guys, and I don't, I don't want to pick <laughs> out the one dude. There isn't just one dude, but there's, there's yeah, three, just, four guys that I see, and I'm like, look, I, I'm, I'm glad you're racing. Good job. But if you if your solo job is to race motocross and JT maybe you can back me up on this but if you you know you don't have a regular job you have uh, everything you could need money wise uh, for your bike and your your setup and you live at these training facilities or whatever and you don't make a forty man moto consistently like okay shit's gonna happen you're not gonna make it all the oh, time yeah, or whatever yeah, luck and luck and warned you I, I completely agree I I just saw that and it's just laughing laugh. I just I don't understand like you your parents need to stop dumping the money you need to stop dumping the money it's over johnny i mean look i'm not saying you need to be top 10 i'm not saying you need to be top 20 even but you gotta make but the 40 man the, uh i don't know jt what do you think like uh, is it just fine i mean you're a jerk you're hard on privateers i've always hated privateers <laughs> this is just another example just another example thank you very much okay. i don't get okay, it well, on to my, yeah on on to my next question then is like now that it's starting to be like crunch time for like putting together programs for supercross and stuff. Mm-hmm. JT, you might be able to elaborate a little bit more. Is like what's things that like kind of bigger time sponsors are looking for when you're going to them like with like a privateer based program? Do they want to see that you got twenty seconds on TV at St. Louis Supercross, or do you think they want to see a five minute news article you got at St. Louis Supercross press day, for instance, with eighty thousand views? Well, you know what, around, or is it around stuff here, like using, using their products and stuff like that, like, you know what I really think around here in our building, uh, we have a pretty strong opinion that unless you are, you know, unfortunately one of the guys that are getting on TV quite a bit at a supercross, your biggest value for us to help us, you know, create exposure and, and, you know, end, end of the day, sell product is on the lo- on your local racing that you do after the season before and after the season and on off weekends, because I mean, really when you, you know, even I was in the same boat, when you go to a supercross, you know, you're not the main attraction. If you're not one of the elite guys, you're, you're kind of a filling guy. And I was too. And you know, anybody in the, you know, mid pack on back guys that aren't making the main events and night shows included, but when they go home and go to their local race, they're the hero. They're the, the, the guy that everybody's watching and wants to be like. All the kids want to be that guy. Um, so to me, that's much more valuable. Their interaction with their local dealer and their, their interaction with the customers at their local track is, is much more important. So we take that heavily into consideration uh, compared to, you know, if you got, you know, if you missed the main event by five spots. That really doesn't do a lot for us. You know, it's great. And we support guys that do that. You know, that's just how involved we are. But on a value side for us, the local stuff is much more important. Yeah, see, I, I agree with that. Looking, because every year, like, when you get, when I get the final numbers from, like, press days, for instance, all the Supercrosses and stuff, like, mm-hmm. some of the stuff, like, I've done, it'll have 120,000 views for a, a video that is only me and it has all my sponsors on it. But then trying to, like, market that, like, I feel like there's, people out there who want to be seen in like your local area where you're doing that at. But at the same time, that five minutes of you sitting on a starting gate for the LCQ, that's not telling anything. I don't feel like. Right. Right. No, I agree with, I agree with that. So, All right, cool, man. Thanks, right, for, yeah. thanks for the call. Yeah, that was my question. Thank All you. Right, thank you. Uh, coming up with uh, uh, Jason Wygant here on the, uh, on the fly racing motor 60 show presented by infab. I really want to talk some uh, Crawfordsville JT, but we got a lot of questions. Sean, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going? Good. 
What's going on? Um, um, I'm going to rebuild the top end of my 08 Yamaha YZ450. Uh-huh. And um, I was going to put a new cam chain in it. So I was, I was uh, wondering, somebody told me that like a weak point for Yamahas, and they said to put a Kawasaki, um, a, a different brand cam chain in there. What's no, your thoughts on that? I've never heard that. We always, I've always run yeah. the Yamaha cam chains and never had a problem. I've never, never heard that. So. All right. So yeah, I'll just stick with the Yamaha. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Stick with the Yamaha. It's good stuff. Thanks, man. All right. Thank yep. you. All right. Dave, what's going on? How are you? All right. I just got to uh, want you guys' opinion. With all the uh, shoulder injuries that's been going on, do you think the old chest protectors that they wore in the 80s and 90s with the little shoulder cups on them, do you think that would uh, prevent any of the, uh, you know, shoulder um, injuries, what happened like to Eli and Cicerillo? I don't know. JT, where do you stand on this? You're, you you work for a protective gear company. <sighs> You know, it's tough. Um, anytime you're designing safety equipment, you're obviously trying to improve uh, or, or try to prevent injury as much as you can. And, and we even stay away from the word safety just because you get into all kinds of issues with that. Um, but I don't know. You know, like the Eli crash, I don't think a chest protector would have helped him because it was like the overextension. Like it wasn't so much an impact, I don't think, as it was kind yeah, of the, just the way he flopped like there. Uh, but I, I do like some of the old styles back in the day where they had the netting under it. I thought that that was pretty cool. Right. Um, you know, I obviously didn't wear chest protectors because I'm probably as stupid as everyone else, but <laughs> I thought those actually did a pretty good job. But then you look back at guys like Robbie Raynard and, and you know, even like Tortelli had a really bad shoulder injury in 2000. Uh, so I don't think it's anything new. I just think it's the nature of the sport, um, and it's, you know, no, whether yeah. it's a helmet or a chest protector or a knee brace or anything, if you apply enough force to it, you're going to get injured. I, uh, I don't think you if, can completely stop If it. I was pro, I'd run a chest protector. I really would. There's no downside to it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I'll tell you what, and it, this is a completely not uh, – it's, it's obviously going to have something to do with my work, but it's not really that. I tried on a chest protector that we're working on the other day, uh-huh. and they're getting so much better. And I'm sure everyone's product is the same now. They're, they're so much more form-fitting. Yeah. I would probably wear one if those were available back then. Right. But it seemed like everything that used to be around just kind of hung off you and was so uncomfortable and in the way. Dude, I got a uh, I got a JTV two thousand here in this pulp studios, and that thing. I'll tell you what. You want to talk about shoulder protection? Well, and I'm not even talking about it. I mean, obviously the protection is a big deal, but man, they just fit so much better. Like, yeah, they this, actually, this fits like shit. Fit your body. Yeah, this fits like shit. It would, it would really hurt the scrub. <laughs> There's no doubt. But well, that's why I didn't want to. That's why everybody gets away from it. You know, everybody right. asks why do pros not wear them because they can't ride the same. Like, it's all up in your way. Yeah, I don't think you'd be possible to scrub with this thing. There's no way. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Sure, thanks. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Let's get to a couple more calls. Uh, Wygant's on the line too. Tyler, what's going on? How are you? Hey, good, man. How are you guys doing? Good. Thanks for calling the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Yeah, I actually got two questions. One, the first one real quick, uh, I saw something about pulp hockey. I was just wondering, are you hosting a hockey show? Wow. Funny you asked, Tyler. Uh, no, yeah, I'm doing a, I'm doing a weekly podcast uh, about the sport of hockey starting in the fall with Ray Ferraro. He's uh, oh, he's cool. ex-player and uh, color analyst for TSN now. So I'll be, do- yeah. I'll be doing that in the fall. So stay tuned to my Twitter feed, and you'll see more about that. Oh, nice, man. All right, cool. Uh, another one, just I guess it's just on the you know, Carmichael stuff. I mean, why haven't we heard nothing from RCH yet? Well, just why today on, on RacerX Online, there's an interview with Kenny Roxon on RacerX today about what his dad cool. said. So. 
I mean, just like anybody higher up, you know, like Ricky oh. or well, Kerry. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Ricky was on DMXS radio last night. I, I didn't get a chance to hear it. I wonder if that was addressed. I'm guessing probably not. Um, but yeah. I'm with you. Yeah, someone someone should come out. But it's our sport. Someone probably won't. Um, yeah. So you want to, uh, because you asked about Paul Hockey, do you want to win some fly gear? Oh, yeah, man. All right, stay on the line. You win the fly race in Evo 2.0, switchback or code stuff. Stay on the line. Oh, appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Thanks to flyracing.com, uh, fly racing, I should say, flyracing.com, coming on the Fly Racing Moto 60 Show on the NFAB, Moto 60 Show, uh, n-fab.com, proud sponsors of the JGR team. And speaking of Tyler, he asked about Paul Pocky, so he wins the gear, but then also we brought up the RCH thing. And with that, I'll bring in our third party here, uh, kind of a Ken Rocks in Emergency podcast session. Jason Wygant, welcome to the show. Yeah. All right, so... You did the interview with Kenny. Well, first of all, let's let's talk about the interview. First of all, it's on Vital MX. Uh, it's a German magazine, Cross Magazine. Who, by the way, I write for. I do some things for them. So, um, uh, Cross Magazine. Kenny Roxon's father comes out and basically rips the team apart. We know Kenny's had a rough year. Um, you know, he said the team is a randomly mixed bunch of self promoters. Mark Johnson, who was brought in from Carmichael, this man is super arrogant and has no clue. Carmichael is happier out on his boat. Uh, you know, they they tried to do some suspension things. They were shut down by the team. Uh, Kenny uh, would tr- would leave the team immediately, but he would have to pay $2 million in fees, et cetera, et cetera. It's pretty – first of all, JT, I'll start with you. Like, wow, I would be not happy with my dad if I was Ken Roxon. This interview is is gnarly. Yeah, it's unfortunate uh, for Kenny. I think, to be honest, I think there's probably some truths in here. Uh, I just don't know if maybe they're as, uh, you know, Kenny would push the envelope as far as some of these truths. You know, I I think it's like the saying, you know, every joke has a little bit of truth in it. Um, So I don't think that everything that his dad is saying is just completely off base. I just think his dad is maybe a little put off because he, you know, is not is not really around right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, he wants to be much more involved, as many parents do in their kids' racing. He wants to be much more involved than, than the team wants him to be. And as a general rule, I think that's a good idea. I, I think once the rider gets to a professional level, they should let uh, professional technicians and team management, guys that have been around this their whole life yeah. with other riders, kind of guide the rider. Uh, so I just think his dad may be having a tough time with that. And maybe maybe they weren't all that nice to him. I, I could totally see that. You know, it seemed like he has some distaste for quite a few of the team members, and maybe, you know, that relationship didn't go well. So uh, you always want to watch out and try to kind of read between the lines of scorn and truth, because I think there is some truth in there, but I do mm-hmm. think there's a lot of anger as well. Well, Weege, uh, I wrote an article. I don't think it's going to make the next issue. I wrote about parents in the sport right now because I was talking to a team manager that's been around a long time, about six months ago, and he's like, dude, it's it's worse than it's ever been with parents and moms and dads and girlfriends and wives. It's worse than it's ever been. This guy's been around a long time, and he's like, they they, they think we're out to screw the kid. They, 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 the kid is never never guilty. The kid has always done everything right. It's never the kid's fault. It's always our fault as to why the kid's not riding. Blah, blah, blah. He says it's really bad right now, and I wrote an article about that and uh, spoke to some people, good and bad, about it. And, you know, is this just another example of a scorned dad or what do you think about this? Is there, 
Is this going to be a wake-up call for the team and Kenny's relationship? I actually think it's, um, it's, it seems like a specific Kenny's dad and this team situation and Kenny himself situation, mm-hmm. but I don't think it really is specifically to them. I think it is indicative of, like we're saying, in general, I think the Paris thing has gotten worse. Uh, I think the other issue is that no matter what the scenario is, when it's a dad that's mad or a mechanic or a wife or a rider or a team, they always have their own side of the story, right? And like right. JT said, I'm sure that some of the things he said are accurate. Some of the things he said are probably, from his perspective, a little warped, because it's always there's his side, their side, and the truth somewhere in between, right? Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest problem is, and I think, you know, when I talked to Kenny last night, I even asked, I'm like, so are you saying these things that he said were untrue? And he said, I'm not even getting into that. <laughs> and at first I'm like, well, that pretty much means that they are true. But I think what he actually means by that is, listen, stuff like this, bad stuff happens with every rider and every team at some point. I can guarantee you that after Glen Helen and Hangtown, all was not rosy between Ryan Dungey and Red Bull KTM. And I'm sure Justin Barsha had problems with JGR and their bike and team and Yamaha and whatever at some point during the year. These things typically happen at some point with every relationship. The difference is someone on the inside doesn't go out in an interview and probably a little bit skewed, too, from his perspective and put all this stuff on blast and put all this stuff out in the public. So I think that's the difference. Kenny is saying, yeah, things haven't been perfect, but you're not supposed to come out here and say this because things can turn around and get better. Barsha, like I said, probably had similar issues, and Dungey probably had similar issues, but we didn't know about it. They fixed it, and now, hey, Barsha's getting podiums and winning races. Dungey's the champ. You'd never even know. So I think that's the big yeah. difference, that this stuff is not supposed to get out, because these are going to be hard uh, uh, fences to mend now. There's going to be some bruised oh. feeling this out. I wonder how the Papa's going to feel when he comes back to America. It's not going to be really nice underneath that tent. Um, no. Yeah, no, I, listen, no. I've been on many teams, uh, two factory teams and many janky privateer teams, and yeah, you're, you're 100% correct. Issues all the time. If Chad Reed had access yeah. to a column at some days when we were at Yamaha together, I shudder to think what he would say. Um, <laughs> you know, so, so you're right. You're absolutely right. This stuff kind of happens. But, I, I mean, I feel like Kenny's dad took it one step further. I mean, it was personal in some ways, you know? Um, right. So the point is, when, when Kenny tells me, you know, I don't even want to address this stuff, and the first thing that came to mind is, oh, my God, everything that said is right. Kenny doesn't want to dispute it. But then I realized, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Of course there's a hint of truth here. There always is. I mean, Dungey just told us at the press conference, wrapping up the title uh, five days ago, he said, yeah, I was losing my cool too many times over this motorcycle and the Tomac beating them and trying to set mm-hmm. this bike up. He's like, I had to learn to settle down. Now, Dungeons, we think the most mild-mannered guy out there, right? And I'm like, really? If you really like this? He's like, oh, yeah, man. Like, behind the scenes, I, he completely admitted that he would lose his cool over the motorcycle. So, right. of course, Kenny can't dispute that all this stuff happened because, of course, this happens. It happens all the time. But, JT, it is... uh it is, and I've written this uh, this year, and again, those guys over there aren't real big fans. The arrangement is a little weird. You have this, one of the best riders in the world, a huge multi-million dollar deal, big, huge, awesome deal for Kenny to go over there to leave KTM. He's a national champion. And their structure, where Mark Johnson's the team manager, Kyle Bentley is kind of the guy on the scene. Mark's not at all the races, Carmichael, look, he's the team owner, 
he's got his other thing going on. He's very busy. I get that. His lack of presence around the team is a little strange from the outside. Like, like everything that that said is kind of out there, and there could be crazy exaggerations. But from the outside looking in, and this is just from us being in this industry forever, it's a little different team over there. It's a little different deal going on. Yeah, and I really think if you take, if you took all of his points, you know, it kind of each paragraph had a separate point that I read. And if you took that and you, you took it down about 10 notches on the emotion scale of each right. point he made, right. I think he probably has some validity there. He just, you can just feel the anger and frustration <laughs> oozing out of every word, you know, that he's mm-hmm. saying. And I, I think he has legitimate concerns and I, and from being around and, and, you know, hearing other people talk and rumors you hear around the pits and, you know, we're all pretty connected. So you hear this stuff. Uh, I do think he probably is right on some of this stuff. And I think he's just pissed off and, and let it eat away at him. He's just not really conveying it right. very objectively at this point. One thing I've heard from past riders and, and past people that have worked there is that Mark Johnson's very data reliant. And I've heard from, you know, one of the things that Josh Hill got into a scuffle with the team about was their reliance on data. And Mark is coming from an IndyCar world. And I don't think he grasped that, you know, motocross tracks change and things change and riders' body positions changes and gear choices changes here and there. And it's one of the things where I think Kenny had a problem with it. Like, we got an issue and the data says it doesn't or whatever. One of those things. Um, I got I to add, though, for people who aren't familiar, that all makes sense. Except Mark Johnson started in motocross. He went to the IndyCar world, yeah. but he started with Team Green. That's his background, Ricky Carmichael. He worked for the Kawasaki Amateur Motocross Program at one point. So he's not completely clueless. So it makes it seem weird that he would not get that point. Yeah, yeah, it does. It absolutely does, for sure. And it makes it, yeah. I mean, and, the, you know, if you talk to the RCH guys, they tell you, look, Mark was never supposed to be at all the races. Well, I find that really yep. weird. I find that very strange. Uh, Kyle Bentley is, you know, crew chief slash acting manager. And from what I understand, Kyle was a big guy behind the scenes making these spring forks happen for Kenny, the spring forks that Kenny can't can't talk about. But we, at the, at the end of the day, like, Kenny was not happy with his KTM. Told me that straight up, even after he was winning nationals. Happy with Suzuki, loved Suzuki, rode Suzuki's forever. He has to share some of this some of this, I don't like the bike, it's the bike, the issue. He has to share some of this blame. Well, I think he did, even in the interview that I posted today. I mean, I think he said, you know, it was my decision. i got to live with it. Uh, I'm not the kind of guy that looks back with regret, but I think he knows, and he'd probably admit right now, that it probably hasn't gone as he hoped it would or thought it was going to. Um, but the difference is, he's when the pin gets pulled in a grenade like this, it makes it seem like it's over. It's not over for him. He has a two-year deal. He still thinks it can be fixed. And like I said, just like with Barsha and just like with Dungy, things can flip-flop so quickly yeah. to where you wouldn't even have known there were problems. I mean, that's certainly the case with Barsha this year. It's like you're almost forgetting how bad it was at one point mm-hmm. that this would not be a blip on the radar if this interview had not come out. And I'm sure also everything that Dad says, there's no way it's 100% accurate. I'm oh. sure that a lot of it is. But no, no way from his perspective is he nailing every point uh, completely. But I do find it weird, I agree, that Kenny left KTM to ride the Suzuki because he wanted to. And then most of the year on the Suzuki, Kenny's been saying the Suzuki isn't riding the way he wanted it to. It's quite strange. I agree. Someone asked me that this is the beginning of the end, and I, I tweeted back, not one win will fix this. One win will, will yeah. be everybody, everybody will be okay. 
Well, and to further your point, uh, another thing that Kenny keeps saying now is, you know, the dad's been not involved for like a month, and in that month, things have gotten better. I mean, we're literally only talking three good motos. Right. But that's all it takes. Like, yeah. just in these last three motos where he got second each time, we're like, okay, yeah. things are starting to come together. It's amazing. That's seven days that that happened. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, I, I, although, although, and look, when Kenny's dad comes back, JT, I don't know how welcome he's going to be underneath that tent. This was a bad interview. This was, a, this, oh, I don't think he'll be welcome at all. <laughs> this is an 11 out of 10 on the scale of like, yeah, I would be very surprised if, uh, he, Kenny was kind of let know like, Hey, uh, it might not be the best idea. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, you know, a little bit of two going back to, uh, uh, um, you know, he drops a bomb on the agent. He drops a bomb on Ricky. He drops a bomb on Mark Johnson. He pretty much, uh, I think Hart was about the only guy that he, uh, that he didn't, uh, you know, didn't, didn't say crap on. So, um, it is weird. Hey, you know who's winning in this, by the way? You know what I think has really won in the last year or so in this sport is uh, Mike Webb. Because Mike Webb, remember, came in as the guy that Dungey didn't trust. Dungey yeah. left Suzuki. Mike Webb was no Roger DeCosta, I guess, in Dungey's mind. Yeah. But uh, Webb has weathered all the James Stewart storms. That's still fine. Uh, and Kenny even told me last night, he's like, I like working with Mike Webb. He's a good guy. And there's no doubt that when Kenny started working with the Yoshi team a little bit with Baggett, which is another success story for Webb, things have improved. So Mike Webb and the Yoshimura Suzuki team are winners in this deal. Yeah, but which makes, I mean, all three of us know that there's tensions between the Yosh guys and the RCH guys. We know there's tensions. There were, at least. Right. Are still? Well, yeah, that's one of the reasons I, I Mark, Mark isn't around more is he doesn't like the dealing with the Yosh guys, you know? Um, oh, you know, there's there's tensions between Yamaha and JGR, we know. A little bit of tensions. Like, what what's wrong with these people? Like, what goes on? Like, I don't understand. I've been at, I've been at, working on teams at the highest level. Um, JT, you've been around these dudes and ridden for teams. Like, I don't understand where the – is it all egos? Like, what is going on in our sport where, where the color of the brand – doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that we're on, that we're buddies. I don't get that. JT. Sorry, I uh, just, you know, I don't know. I think you have so many personalities, and it comes back to a lot of the manufacturers. Uh, I think the manufacturers want to win uh, for themselves a lot of times. So you get into this, uh, you know, we're helping you, but we're not really helping you kind of thing. And then I just think, I think there's a lot of money at stake, a lot of different personalities, and, you know, sometimes this doesn't work. You know, a lot of times it does. I think in the Honda case with Geico, I don't hear a ton of uh, negativity back and forth. Um, so I think it's, it's hit and miss. You know, like with Pro Circuit, they obviously work very well with Kawasaki most of the time. Uh, but then in other cases, like we're kind of running into it this year, and I think RCH has had their fair share of, um, you know, battles with Suzuki over the last couple of years and, and the JGR Yamaha thing now. I just think it's it's case by case. I don't think it always has to be like that. I think it's just the personalities yeah. that are in play. But, like, yeah, but, you know, why doesn't everybody just kind of, like, learn to work together? You know what I mean? I, like, I do know the dad said that this was a big deal for – for the RCH guys to test and, and kind of work with the Yosh guys. And I know it was like, they didn't really want to do that. They well, didn't really want to say that they didn't want to, you know, help out. And it's like, I mean, once you tell the rider and I talked to Mitch Payton about this, once you tell the rider, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to try to help you quote unquote. That's it, man. You've lost them. You have to paint that bike pink. If he wants it, 
you know, and that's kind of what a little bit of what happened with these with these two guys at some point. And I don't get yeah, that. Yeah, speaking of Mitch, I even uh, we were just kind of gossiping about this even at uh, Utah on Friday night, and he said, you know, it's not like Mitch is super intimate with this situation. It's not his team; they don't run right. for circuit stuff. But he just said in general that same thing. He's like, whatever it is, they got to get everybody in a room and pretty much fix it by saying whatever you want, even if they think that's weird or crazy or wrong. Mm-hmm. Just give it to Kenny because yeah. they have to. Ken Robson's going to be fine. Like, he'll be fine if he leaves in two years. He'll be fine if he stays for two years. He'll be fine if he left right now. Mm-hmm. He's got talent. He'll get a deal. The team is the one that will either have something to lose. If they, quote-unquote, you know, can't handle a rider at this level, that's going to hurt them. So they need to uh, work to his side. Now, as far as why the brands, you know, the satellite teams and the factories don't always get along, I don't know if that's the case in this particular case. But there's a very simple thing that usually derails this, and it is, you have one team and another team, and they essentially have people that do the same job, right? They each have a suspension guy, or they each have a motor guy, or they each have whatever. Well, whenever one team outdoes the other, it makes the other guy on the other side feel like he's, you know, maybe going to lose his job, or he's useless, or he's not as good. And the factories are always scared that their bosses are going to say, why are we giving you whatever, $4 million a year budget, and we're giving a satellite team $1 million, and they're beating you. You're fired. That's always the fear. That's why I think it will never be as simple uh, on the inside as it appears like it should be on the outside. In a way, you are competing. And maybe it's the boss's fault for seeing it that way. Right. the way they usually see it. If you don't have the horses, you're not winning no matter if you have, you know, Einstein working on your motorcycle. That's the way the sport's well, always like been. They bought the Geico thing, which is a great example, because they did race the 450 class. And they had Kevin Windham. Kevin Windham's a great rider. He's going to win races. You just have to deal with that if you're Team Honda. Some days, your guy, Davey Millsaps, Andrew Short, whoever it is, is going to get beat by Kevin Winton. You just have to be okay with this. Right. Um, yep. Weed, you did the interview with Kenny. Um, it was it was basically this interview dropped uh, on Vital MX Translated, and the agent, Steve Azafan, called you. You know, this is total damage control on their part, like, you know, to try to get Kenny out, out front, and, I, and that's great. That's the way this, these things kind of work. Did you, what did you think of the, you know, in, in sort of the talking with Kenny and talking with Steve Asafan, like, are they, were they super pissed? I mean, how, how did it go kind of, you know, when you were talking in between about like, Hey, let's, let's get, let's get Kenny's word out there. Like how mad were they? You know, I don't think they were actually as mad as you think they would be because the interview is so gnarly. And here's my guess. It's because I, I think we all know that uh, Heiko, the father, was an issue even in the KTM days. And we've all heard in the inside for months now that it was not going smoothly with him and RCH already, right? Right. And then obviously something happened to the point where he once again, I got a helicopter circling my house. It's probably, probably Roxanne's people. Um, they, they, he's gone for a reason, right? He's back in Germany. He's no longer at the race. So clearly something happened again. So I have a feeling that at least Astafin, if not Kenny, who's probably maybe a little too close to it, I'm sure Astafin and other people involved are like, we still have this, you know, landmine out there somewhere. Something <laughs> bad is probably going to happen with the dad. Right. Maybe they didn't know it would be an interview, but whatever. He could show up at a race and get into an argument. So I think they kind of were like, yeah, it's a problem we already knew we had. So I don't think there was a mad... Uh, they didn't seem mad. I think they were more like, we just need to take care of this. Right. JT, do you think Kenny's relationship with the team changes because of this? I don't think so because I think he 
you know, got right out in front of it uh, last night with Weege and, and kind of answered some of the questions. And I'm sure he'll have a sit down and say, hey, you know, I just like, uh, you know, Michael Wessie can't control what Tony Wessie does. And this has happened over and over in our sport. You know, I can't control what my dad said. You know, he has his own opinion, but I'm, you don't have a contract with my dad. You have a contract with me. This is how I feel. You know, I, I said the truth. We're working to try to fix this thing. So let's move forward. Uh, I just think it'll be really tough for his dad to try to come anywhere around now. But I think, <laughs> right. I think Ken will be fine. From what I understand, too, like the, Ken's dad was a big part of him breaking away from Alden. And JT, you know, you're not a fan of that move at all. And it was the dad that was saying, you don't need Alden. Uh, It's a lot of money. Uh, You know, I used to train you, and we can train you again. You know what I mean? We can get find somebody else. So, I don't know. Maybe it's another another bad decision, you know, by the dad. I'll tell you what. Like I said, I wrote that article, and parents are right now maybe at an all-time unbelievably worst you know, no no team hires a rider and wants them to do poorly or make the team look bad. Everyone is trying to make the rider the best they can. You know, and none of these guys that get here on the highest level are lazy or, you know, don't want to work or don't want the riders to succeed. So for the parent, to me, to question things, I just go, oh, come on. Give me a break. I guess I'm biased, though. I've been the guy on the team side of things. Right. You know? Very much the, uh, the way the world seems to work nowadays. And I'm not that old. I mean, all of us are similar age. Uh, I, I, JT, you've got plenty of stories of Frank the Tank not being easy on you. I just feel like when we were kids, it was if you got in trouble at school, your teacher, it was like, why did you do what you did? The idea that your parent would ever question the teacher and assume you were right and the teacher was wrong was just unheard of. Yeah. And I feel like that in general is the way people operate now. Uh, your boss or your teacher or whoever was your, your leader as a kid, absolutely, if you stepped out of line, you expected to get in trouble and your parents would back them up. Every time. It's right. bizarre to me, this idea that the kid is always right. I was yeah. never right. Were you ever right? No way. <laughs> no, I was an idiot. I was all, all the yeah. time. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, and JT, I mean, you, you mostly Frank's Frank's uh, prodding to you in your racing career was towards you, not so much the teams, right? Usually, yeah. I mean, he got he definitely got into it with uh, Farachi a couple times. Okay, yeah, um, but... But, yeah, yeah, mostly it was just, yeah, yelling at me and telling me I was slow and whatever. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Uh, let's get to the phone calls here. Jonathan, what's going on? Welcome to the Fly Race and Moto 60 Show. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, I was just curious. So uh, you guys obviously report on the sport. So you're you're asking these questions to Roxon's dad. He's got diarrhea of the mouth right. about all these things he's bashing. So do you immediately just try to not jump up and down and you're like heck of a story you know you publish this or being you know close to rocks and do you take those words and say you know hey kenny this is what was said you know mm. we're gonna release release this get his get his side of the story first like do you kind of feel bad knowing that he's bashing on this stuff or you just hey this is a story that's what we do uh, I'm just kind of curious from your guys. What do you think, Weech? What, what if you did the interview with, with the dad? Um, I do. Well, if I did the interview, it would be different. Um, but when it comes across um, like it did here, like it just surfaces, like I can tell you this, we were not going to take it off vital and, and put a link on RaceRex and say, check this out. Before, right. you, you know, Kenny, Kenny's people reached out to me, but had they not, I would have been like, oh, hey, what's up with this? Because you have to kind of assume that it's probably one-sided in a way, and that's not going to be good overall. Yeah. I'll give you an example that's not connected. So this week, some story comes out that there's a number five Red Bull KTM 250 around, 
and some French side confirmed Dungey will race a 250 this weekend to help. Moose no, Dan they Hudson. didn't. No, they didn't. They confirmed it. They said that. Uh, oh yeah, French website said it has been confirmed. Uh, now we know that's not happening. So I think sometimes when, especially with the Euro press, they're certainly not quite as in touch with the inner workings and what sounds crazy and what sounds doable. Right. So when this comes out, yeah, for sure I would have been like, hey. uh, this is huge news. We would like to run with it, but can you tell me what's going on? And by the way, we did the exact same thing when the 2-2 shutdown rumors happened. Transworld ran with it. I actually called Astafin again, and they were pumped that we waited, you know, just one day to get their side. Because as always, there's two sides of the story. And if you start with one and don't even go to the other, man, they're going to hate you for life. And maybe justifiably, too. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, for me, myself, yeah. I, I would do the interview with the dad. I would do the doesn't care. No, no, no. I would do the interview with the dad. I would, red glare, just blow him up. I would post it exactly. <laughs> no, I would post it exactly as he spoke. You know, whatever the words he spoke, and then I would say, like, because I did that, run into the same situation where the FMF switch. You know, I did an interview with Mike Fisher about uh, the FMF switch to Kawasaki. The Kawasaki made, and then uh, Mitch called me and said, uh, "Hey, I would like to give my side." And I said, no problem. Like, we'll run that too. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm not going to alter the dad's interview at all. I'm going to post it up exactly as he said it and then uh, deal with the, you know, with the other side, you know, when it it happens. But, yeah, you always have to – you know, I would never get the interview with the dad and then call, and then call Kenny and be like, hey, dude, I don't really want to run this, but, uh, you know, what can I say to soften it? No way. You know, but some media would do that, I think, in our sport. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, they would. Yeah, all I'm saying is when you get it, you just have to reach out to the other side and be like, hey, we got this. We're going to do something with it. Right. Uh, would you like to, you know, get your side out also? Yeah. You have to at least do that. Yeah, absolutely. But but you don't, you know, you it's don't do like Cross, Mag- Cross Magazine clearly does not care. They just ran the bad story and hit print. Yeah, and what's funny is Kenny writes a column for them, a monthly column. So I wonder how that's going to go now. Oh, geez. Well, so. and that's kind of the reason for my question is, like, so what's it like, you know, if – Please, you do this interview with the dad. What's it like next time you want to talk to Kenny? <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, we've we've dealt with it a million times, not with with Kenny in particular, but oh yeah, I mean, heck, Mathis, I don't even know how you keep up with how many riders you're locked out on. I mean, it doesn't yeah. even need an interview like no, that. I need a sometimes one I, thing you do. Yeah, they some, lock you out all the time. Sometimes I need a chart about who I'm in and who I'm good and who I'm good <laughs> bad with now. Like right now, Barsha not a fan, uh, but but you know other guys are, and so I'm, yeah, I really I can't keep track sometimes. But you know what? I'm in the pits. I'm there. You want to talk to me? Face to face, no problem. You know what I mean. So I'm not like I'm throwing bombs out and uh, and not taking accountability for it. So you know what? I think we've all. Uh, I think all of us learn lessons at the school of James Stewart, where it was almost impossible to figure out what side you're on. I mean, you hear like through eighth eight people disconnected through the James Stewart grapevine. Oh, he's mad about this, and you're like, oh, that was three months ago. I didn't even know. <laughs> that was the way it always worked with Stu. I think he's better now, but it was gnarly back in the day. And I have to admit, like, fans would get mad at us and be like, why are you always apologizing for James Stewart? Like, we would never put him on full blast. And I will admit now that it was partially because if we put him on full blast for this, he'll hate us forever, and there will be other times where the readers do want to hear from him again, and we'll never be able to speak with him. They want you to put him on full blast now, but they would also like three years from now, when he makes another comeback and wins a race, to see an interview with him. If you just blast right. him completely... Not only do we not get it, but also the other people who want to hear from him won't get it either. And you don't want all your info coming from 
Red Bull or Instagram or Suzuki yeah. or their own personal sponsors, right? You, you do want the press to have some access. And I agree with you too, Weeds. Like, if I'm Racer X online editor, which you are, I'm not posting this interview as a breaking news. Check this out. Like, you didn't get it. You didn't do it. It's not your story. Like, nah. whatever. Like, I agree with yep. that. So, I mean, nothing wrong with referencing it in a Kent Roxon interview, but to, to get page views and say, check this out, ah, I'm kind of, I'm not really down with that. So, thanks. We're lucky, actually, in this sport that I don't think any of us are have bosses that make us chase yeah. uh, page views. I don't think any of us do. So, that's lucky for, for us in general. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks. When the Davy Millsaps thing broke, I had a guy uh, that I write for overseas say, "Hey, you know, you need can you answer? The, you need to write an article about Millsaps getting fired, and I need you to answer. You know, I need you to put this stuff in the article." And it was kind of like what the substance was, and you know what the it was kind of like just gossipy stuff. And I didn't know the facts, like I didn't know, so I'm just like I'm not doing it because I, I don't know. I'm not going to just write for you, you know, all the kind of TMZ gossipy stuff when I don't even know what I'm talking about. So. Um, Greg, what's up? You want to chime in on the interview? Hey, Steve. Uh, first, uh, congratulations on your retirement as a Goggle guy. Thank you. Uh, yeah, sure. it's been yeah. good. You know, I, I think the Bassets have been uh, chopping at those pillars for years and years, and they finally won, right? I think uh, in the Goggle Guy Hall of Fame, I think maybe one of my goggle straps should be hung up from the rafters, like as a symbol. Of, it, yeah. If, or maybe a, a goggle uh, dog collar. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, I wanted to chime in because I've had the pleasure of meeting Ken's dad quite a few times, and uh, it's always either at Red Bud or Millville, one of the local, you know, Chicago area nationals. But um, I've always you know, talked to him as a from one dad, one crazy dad to another, I guess. Um, he's really a, a really nice, approachable guy every single time. Um, and I've talked to him about training and in going back to when Ken first started with KTM, um, he's always had concerns, you know, some level or another KTM. It was, uh, he was, he was do, too busy during the week. They were flying around to dealer shows and, and, you know, special events and things like that. But in, in, as a genuine person, he's always really, really had seemed to have Ken's best interests at heart that, were went beyond what the team was, you know, was expecting and requesting of the rider. Well, um, I think they all do. I mean, and, and the, maybe this time I think he just lost it. I mean, well, it, no, I think they all do, and all these dads do. They all think they have the best of heart. They're all nice people. There's nothing wrong with it, but they just see things so drastically from one side, you know. So yeah, I, I think you're absolutely but, right. I think there's a, a time and a place where a dad could step back and say, technology, bike, uh, team management, all that stuff. They should stay the hell away. Um, but I don't think I also but, like but but, from a personal level. Yeah, that's fine. No, but I'm also like JT. I, I'm on JT's side where there's there's some truths in what he said. This is not all 100 percent made up out of left field. You know what I mean? There's no way to that. There's 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 some truths in that article. Now they're slanted and. You know, if 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 Kenny's dad is, what'd you say, JT? If he's a ten, it, the truth's probably a five. You know, yeah. But, I mean, there's he's obviously got way too much emotion involved in this. Yeah, but I he, think yeah, I could see thing, where he'd be an emotional guy. He, yeah, never no, he's Germans. I could see it's Germans. JT, they're very <laughs> well, emotional we, people. It's my heritage too. We fire up easy. Yep. So. All right. Thanks, Craig. Anyway, thank you. Have a good show. Thank yeah. you. Um, all right. This has been a lot. 
We haven't talked much about Crawfordsville. Let me let me let's let's wrap this fly race and Moto City show up with this. Uh, Weege, do you expect to see Kenny on the team in 2016? Uh, everybody I talked to, including Kenny and his agent, guaranteed that he'll be back on the team next year. All right, JT, what do you like? Like I said, I said to, I okay. said to Aspen last night, I'm like, if he's not on this team next year in January, you realize how horrible this makes me look. And I go, you'll have bigger problems to deal with than I will, but I'll still be mad. And he's like, no, we have a two-year deal. He's not going anywhere. JT? I will say yes. Uh, I think, I think on a personal level that they've probably investigated the options what you know the, the mm-hmm. contract itself but I, I do think that you know everyone involved will see that the best move is to stay together for the kids yep pretty much um i think uh, i think he stays too i also said on twitter like i think he has air forks on his bike next year because i think these guys just end up switching back and forth you know what i mean they'll find an air fork setting in the off season or whatever so um do you think he's there in 2017 that's probably a better question right when his contract runs up. I guess, you know what, if he starts winning, it's all good, right? It's all fine. I'm going to say no. Yeah, easy to say now that he wouldn't be, but you never know. There's a whole racing season between now and then. Yeah. And also, too, for people who think, you know, RCH maybe is junk and crap and they can't handle dudes, uh, they said the same things about JGR when James Stewart left. And those guys have made a nice little rebound. Parsha's won races. I mean, they haven't, they haven't dominated, but, I mean, you know, that same kind of stuff was said about JGR for James Stewart, you know, three years ago. And we're, and we're all fine. With, yeah. They had one little out. Remember most of the Stewart stuff was really specifically about the Yamaha and it helped deflect, I think a lot from the team deserved or not. True. It was much more of Stewart and this Yamaha don't get along and the team's just along for the ride. They can't really do anything. So that uh, puts, I think a little more RCH in the crosshairs because clearly Kenny, well, let's put it this way. James was dying to get off the Yamaha. Kenny was dying to get on the Suzuki. So no one is putting the RMZ450 into this conversation, right? They're just talking about the team. So mm-hmm. it's a little bit worse. Yeah, yeah, probably. You're probably right. It, yeah. uh, it, yeah. does, it does seem to me, you know, the, the RCH team, and again, I've been on many teams, it does seem like to me from the outside looking in, a lot of Chiefs, and maybe that's, you know, a little bit of an issue. And I'll, I'll be interested to see if they do tighten up their program starting next year based on some of this interview. You know, I mean, you know, they can, there's some issues there. So that's all. We'll see what kind of changes they make with staffing and whatever, if they make any at all. All right, Crawfordsville, let's let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Weege, who you like in the 250 class? Two points. What, what, what you got? I've always given Martin a slight edge this year, and I guess that means I'm 100% accurate because he has the very slightest edge. That's what I meant. I meant in an 11-race, 22-moto series, I would have, I would have said he was two points better than Marvin. That's what I meant all along. When I said <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, good exactly. job. Yeah, good job on that. Yeah, exactly. The way slight edge. Um, yeah, I do like Martin, uh, but I mean they're so close and the points are so close that one mistake on either end is going to be enough to tip it. Um, so it really comes down to if both have a clean race, which they haven't done a lot. No, no mistakes. I'd give it to Martin, but you know either one is one. First turn crash, first lap crash, bad start uh, away from tipping it. But I'll give it to Martin right now. Uh, also, too, um, uh, Martin starts. I've heard him. And yeah. maybe that hurts him again. Uh, do you feel, Weege, that Cooper Webb plays a role in this title somehow, some way? 
if he does, only in the most innocent of ways, yeah, making it easy for Martin to pass him. I think even as salty as Webb is, mm-hmm. I don't see it getting out of hand, like trying to slow Marvin up or ram Marvin or take him out or, or anything getting that crazy. So I would say, yeah, I can see it happening, but I don't think nearly in the crazy dramatic way that some people are thinking. Okay. He's, yeah. he's a wild card. Uh, JT? Yeah, he is. I think one thing everybody has to remember in these situations, these teams are trying to win titles, right? But these are ultimately marketing exercises. If you completely stain everything you did <laughs> looking like you cheated to get it, you practically defeat the purpose of what you've done by winning the title. So you have to be careful not to go too far. Well, look, Marvin's got Jesse Nelson and Shane McElrath to help out. I don't know if that's going to work out, but, th- I mean, maybe. They're there. According to France, he's got Dungey, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Confirmed. Um, yeah, <laughs> stamp it. Confirmed. Uh, both of you guys, JT, thank you, uh, flyracing.com. Legend and hero coming up this weekend with our own Jason Thomas. Oh, Ben LeMay going to ride for BTO team. I don't know if uh, it's not huge breaking news, but whatever. Ben LeMay yep. on, on the BTO team. Uh, for this weekend race. And uh, Weege, thank you for both of your both of your guys' time. I appreciate it here on the show, and we'll see you both this weekend. See you. All right. Uh, going to be good. Yeah, it is. Thanks. All right, Jason Wygant, Jason Thomas, Fly Racing, Moto 60 Show, presented by NFAB, flyracing.com. NFAB, thanks to you people for supporting the show all year. Thanks to uh, the calls, a lot of calls, tits, right? We got a lot of phone calls. There were and that's, more. Sorry, I didn't hear. Uh, more calls today than I think I've had maybe all year. Right. In one and particular that's awesome. show. And fly racing, too. Giving away shit on the reg all weekend or all year long, I should say. Thanks to fly nfab, n-fab.com. Thanks to them. Tits, thanks for your help. Swiss Corps, getting the archive up. Thank you, Moser. Thank you for nothing. Um, thanks to you guys. Thanks to fly. Thanks to nfab. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See you next year. Maybe like, maybe not. I gotta go. Fly racing, Moto 60 show. Bye.